As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening right now to the Get Global Network podcast of the Midweek Mashup with Mocha Soulfly. You can hear the show live Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, or 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Cell Metro Radio, one of the original member stations of the Get Global Network. While driving cars, I was floating up and down the streets. I was floating on and out. What's up, world? It's your girl, Mocha Soulfly, and you are tuned in to the Midweek Mashup. We have a really uh, exciting show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking straight out of the UK to Juice Aleem. He is a hip-hop beast, a lyricist. He's been in the game for quite a long time, very long time. And uh, so I'm excited to talk to him and talk about some of the things that he has been up to, um, including dropping a new project and being the author of a new book. So we'll talk a little bit more about that um, in just a little while. Also on the show today, we're going to have Mike Clark. He's the Vice President of Marketing and Promotions for Swisher House. Now, if you know me, you know that I've got grown in H-Town, so I'm excited, excited to talk to him about what Swisher House is up to. Um, also, just to get his insight on the music industry and the direction that we're going, because, of course, he has been in the game also for a grip. Uh, Swisher House first hit the scene in the early 90s, um, so they, and they have uh, been a mainstay, absolutely, in the, um, in the world of hip-hop and music, so... I'm excited to talk to him and dig into his mind and have him share some things with us um, about what's going on uh, with the music industry right now. So before we hop into talking to our guests, I want to give a big shout out. We had um, uh, this past Friday, we had our first annual Black Professional Holiday Mixer over in Cedar Hill, and it was a success. It was really awesome. Everyone who came had really great energy. Um, the prizes were awesome. We raised um, almost $150 for Brighter Tomorrows, uh, which is an emergency shelter um, for uh, domestic abuse and sexual assault in Grand Prairie. Um, so we're really excited to uh, to get that over to them. But we had such an excellent time. All of our sponsors uh, who donated to the raffle, big shout out to Fat Daddy for providing the food. Um, it was just a really, really great night. Um, so we'll have some pictures up. If you want to follow us, you can go to meetup.com forward slash SB 
like Sam Boy, SB Connection, Social Business Connection. So meetup.com forward slash SB Connection, and we'll load some pictures up and and um, so that you can see what went down for the holiday mixer. Um, now, there are some events coming up. If you, again, are in the DFW area and you can hear my lovely voice. I hear it's lovely. Um, <laughs> if you can hear my voice here in the DFW area, there's an event coming up this Friday, and it's happening over at Sankofa Kitchen. Um, and they are located in Dallas, uh, right there off the of Camp Wisdom at 3333. West Camp Wisdom Suite 118 um, is where they are located. And I'm getting this flyer pulled up right now. Going a little slow. But this Friday, there we go. This Friday, they are doing a free screening party. It's hosted by Royal Hemp. Big shout out to Judah. I'm always doing amazing things in the community. So it's hosted by Royal Hemp. It's going to be a free screening for Hidden Color Score. Um, Hidden Color Score is a religion of white supremacy. Uh, so they're going to do a free screening party. Again, it's happening at Sankofa Kitchen. Um, you can um, also get tickets, uh, pre-sale tickets for The Great Awakening, which is an event that's happening at um, on December 25th. And y'all forgive me because this is taking a while to load. Let me see if I can find it somewhere else. But Eric Shepard, if you remember him, he is an activist. Um, that got a lot of attention um, at the start of last year uh, regarding the, the Black Power, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, he was harassed by law enforcement basically for uh, stomping the American flag. And, and uh, the story goes on from there. But he has gone through quite a lot, and he is a, um, a young man who is dedicated to activism um, and really doing really, really awesome So uh, he will actually be in town on December the 25th. And give me just a second. I'm pulling up the information. Um, There we go. So Sunday, December 25th at 5 p.m. at the Act of Change, uh, the Institute of Cultural Arts. He will be here. So Eric Shepard will be here. Um, Also, um, it's just going to be a really, really great time, a great opportunity to speak with him. There will be a panel discussion um, and several other really great things dealing with our culture and forward movement for the black community. So that is happening on December the 25th. So you can get pre-sale tickets. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. So you can get pre-sale tickets to that event for only $15 uh, by going this Friday, December the 16th, to Sankofa Kitchen for the screening of Hidden Colors 4. Um, free food with RSVP and the way to RSVP to that event is royalhempdallas at gmail.com uh, you need to RSVP by 12 on December uh, R- uh, on December 16th the RSV by 12 is happening at 8pm um, and so it's going to be a viewing a discussion plus free food with your RSVP um, and there's also going to be a book fighting with King of signing with King Leon X at that same event. So again, the address is 3333 West Camp Wisdom Road, Suite 118. So that is what is going on as far as events that I definitely um, recommend that you attend, and I'm sure there are plenty more happening out there. Um, I do want to, I don't know if we have this, um, let me see. If you go, first of all, to So Metro, 
We want you to go to So Metro. We are live right now on Facebook, I believe. I'm headed there now. <laughs> and uh, so we have some really great opportunities that we want to share with you all to advertise. If you are a business owner or a musical artist, um, or any type, if you're in, into any of the arts and you want to advertise, um, we have some really, really great packages that can definitely get your eyeballs in front of a lot more people, um, or your your product in front of a lot more eyeballs. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those days. Y'all bear with me today. Um, so it's going to be a really, really great show. Um, we want you to stay tuned, stay locked and loaded. Um, we want you to holler at us if you want to advertise. You can actually send an email to mwmashup at gmail.com. That's mwmashup at gmail.com if you want to get more information about advertising. Um, make sure you check out my project, one of our latest projects, Mystic Verse, is one of my other personalities. Um, her name is Waxing Moon. Um, in the group called Mystic Verse. You can actually just type in Mystic Verse, M-Y-S-T-I-C-V-E-R-S-E, um, and you can type that in, whether it be on Tidal, on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, anywhere that you can get music and listen to music, we are there. So we definitely appreciate your support for that. Make sure you follow us, Mocha, Soulfly, M-O-K-A-H-S-O-U-L-F-L-Y. A big shout-out to the Get Global Network. Um, they are a massive network. Um, and we have six or seven, maybe a little more, stations that are under the Get Global Network where we can also advertise your music and also your business um, if you are interested. So a big shout-out to the Get Global Network for always making this thing happen uh, for the midweek mashup. So what we're going to do, we're going to play some music. We're going to take a little break. And uh, when we come back, we will be talking to Juice Aline, straight from the U.K. We're really excited. So y'all stay locked and loaded. You're listening to the Midweek Mashup. Yo, what's up? This is Sick With It, and you're listening to the Midweek Mashup. We mentally connect and our chemistry so impressive. I know it turns you on when I'm dumbing and then aggressive. And being with a thug at the What's up, world? This is your girl, Mocha Soulfly. We apologize for that long break there. Hopefully you heard some good music that you could bob your head to. Uh, we have a very special guest on the line with us live from the UK. We got Juice Aline. How you doing today, my brother? Peace, peace. I'm yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> to, to totally be here. Oh, wow. Hey, right as you guys got together, her phone line dropped. So, um, <laughs> excuse us. We're going to be right back after a quick break. We'll get Mocha back on the line. And that's Mocha. You there, ma'am? Yes. I think your phone line dropped, but I think we're okay. We're going to fight through it, okay? Okay, we still we still live. Yes, we are, and I told the audience, and I did mention to Juice that your line dropped. So we, if I'm listening, so um, everyone that normally does not hear K Rose's voice, you did for a second, but now I'm back to Mocha. Okay, cool. <laughs> 
All right. Sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened. Um, so, Juice, first of all, again, mm-hmm. I appreciate you joining me um, this morning where it's it's evening there, of course. But one of the things I want to hop right into with you, because I see, you know, of course, a lot of your posts, um, they are um, what I would call quote unquote, and you know, and I'm doing my air quotes here, uh, woke. So I want to know, because I often these days, I find myself um, at odds with parts of the the so-called conscious community when it comes to culture, art, and, you know, just a general way of life. So in 2016, what do you think it means to be woke? Um, Let me just start by saying that I find myself with part of the conscious community. Uh, I've never really looked at myself as that, but over the years I've been, you know, put into that category. Um, I've read some of the same books, been to some of the same meetings, but um, it's it's not the total sum of how I live my life. Maybe maybe it was when I was in my uh, teens or something like that, and I was, you know heavily influenced by Lakim Shabazz and uh, Rastafari and uh, Nation of Islam mm-hmm. uh, things like that but um, as time grows you grow as well and you go in different directions meet different people and right now I think to be woke is, is to be aware of yourself at all, all levels every part of yourself not just not just your skin tone, but what you eat, who you eat mm-hmm. with, and why you're eating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can, um, I, I agree. I just feel like there are so many boxes that we build for ourselves that we miss the point of actually being you know, self-aware. You know, like we're always looking outside of ourselves, always looking to you know, sometimes even within the conscious community, if you will, looking to what's popular within that mm-hmm. community to define who we are as individuals. And that, I think that just completely misses the whole point of being self-aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, when when you look at all of those movements from um, Garveyism and even before that, Garveyism upward through more science and up to... Um, Nation of Gods and Earths and various other different things. It was always about as much the outside as the inside, and a lot of people miss that part. You know, um, when when, you, when the question is asked, who is the original man? You're not just answering what Elijah Muhammad answered in, in the 30s. You're answering for yourself. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit in regards to to being woke, if you will. Let's talk a little bit about Afrofuturism. Now, to me, um, and I, and I, you know, I realize most people who have some type of interest in that the the coining of that term, they have their own idea of of what that means. So. To me, it kind of means, you know, tapping into, um, uh, you know, Sankofa, gathering the the ancestral spirits and the wisdoms and then mixing that with this, you know, far forward, you know, space age type imagery and and progressive 
thought. Um, so that's, you know, just a, on a general scale, that's kind of what it means to me. So what does Afrofuturism mean to to you? And, you know, do, do you have you always, uh, you know, kind of in, intertwined that flavor within your music? Or is that something that you kind of grew into? It, it means some, something very similar to myself, you know, um, as much as anywhere, any place that the African diaspora meets uh, magic realism, sci-fi, or any kind of ideal of the future and where we live now. And um, I didn't always define myself as that or call myself that. <clears throat> but over the years, I've realized people people used to call me Afrofuturist from the first time I ever heard the term. Um, sometime in the you know in the nineties, and I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not this, I'm not anything, I'm this, I'm, I'm air, I'm a particle, I'm a, you know, <laughs> you know, you're trying to be somewhere else, you know what I mean? And um, over the years, I'm kind of like it's a box, but I realize I'm I'm kind of in the box. I've always read comics, I've always like sci-fi, I've always mm-hmm. hip hop, use technology. I'm in that box. But um, what it is now, I'm trying to, like, cut a hole in the box and make a window and, and start to drive this box somewhere. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The um, tell, tell me a little bit, because I'm not, I'm still definitely green when it comes to the hip-hop scene over in the UK, although for several of our shows, including your music, We've definitely played for uh, my other show, which is Grassroots Salute. We're always looking at indie um, artists, and we love at least once um, for each show. We always try to grab something uh, from from the UK to play because the flavor there there is a lot of. We found we we tend to find quite a lot of hip hop artists in the UK, or maybe just in our small frame that we're looking at. Um, who are, if, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, conscious. You know, they're not just necessarily talking about the all, the stuff that we hear all the time, you know, the drugs and the money and the alcohol and, you know, bitch this, hoe that, all that kind of stuff. So to, as far as the, the scene, the hip-hop scene over in the U.K., is there, do you think, looking at the U.K. compared to the U.S., is there is there more of that there? Or is the, is the tone there? For hip hop, um, are they more accepting of that that type of hip hop, the more s- substantive um, um, music? That's a good question. And right now, I would say, well, first off, I just got to let the world know for anybody who don't know that from hip hop became a a, 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 a a thing that got sold in the mm-hmm. early eighties. We've we've been we've been hip hoppers. Some of us since like 80, 81, and definitely by 82, 83. So in essence, we've had the culture before certain parts of the U.S., you know, after it left the the tri-state area, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we've gone through all those schools in that time. And um, right now, what people are trying to term urban music, uh, I'm against that phrase for so many reasons, (laughs) <laughs> um, but what they're trying to term urban music is all about the street. It's about the trap. It's about the ends of the road. Uh, it's how much sales you got, how many girls you got, how much guap you make. 
you know, that that's what it is right now. That's what's popping. So there, there's always been conscious artists, like I say, when that time was in, and there still are conscious artists, whatever conscious means. But um, as we come, again, as we grow, we realise that conscious doesn't just mean you quote in from some old books of, of black leaders that passed away decades ago. Yeah. It's, it's just being aware of your surroundings. So there's a lot of street artists that I would class as being conscious. Mm-hmm. You know? And then at the same time, you got a very well-known artist by the name of Akala, yeah. who in an independent sense is possibly one of the biggest artists out there. And everybody knows him. He's not unknown. Yeah. You know, uh, he's he's you know he'll tear up he'll turn up and tear up at any big festival and anything like that. So it's not um it's not just a this or that. It's but the road street is having its moment right now. We're having a with the combination of rhyme really taking off with Skepta and Stormzy and people like that really doing well in a in a mainstream sense and in an international sense, Lady Leisha and others. The road is what is popping right now. Mm. I can dig it. <laughs> Do you uh, <laughs> does um, you know? Because uh, of course, like I say, I don't. I'm I'm very interested to know. For, and I'll give you an example in the particularly in my market in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, in this market, um, in comparison to some of the major music markets in the U.S., there is this thing, if you will, where not a lot of uh, music that is coming out of the DFW area is played very often, you know, on mainstream radio. I mean, thank goodness for internet radio, you know, like what we're doing and things like that. But as far as mainstream radio is concerned there's not a whole lot of dfw based music play do you do you think that even that there do you face um similar types of issues or do you find that you know the the mainstream radio or the mainstream channels there in the uk that they support that they're very supportive of their you know for lack of a better term their local artists no they're not um like i say road is popping and what what's happened is um they will support somebody what did what did Ice Cube say? MTV will have a, a new nigga next, you know? <laughs> so there's like one you know, that one in one out you can have one conscious artist in a particular environment. Uh what's happened is they've pushed the spoken word thing here recently. Even though it really already took off a long time ago, there's people who are playing catch up who are a lot younger, uh, mm-hmm. late teens, early twenties, and they're pushing that as the conscious movement in in the true sense. Um, and you don't get it's hard to get play outside of London. You know what happened in the US is obviously about New York, tri-state, New Jersey, and whatnot. Then Miami got it popping, uh, West Coast like mm-hmm. Cali, then Atlanta. Then you've got all over different areas. They've got the Midwest and whatnot. We never, mm-hmm. we've never had that. It's still London, 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 London. Mm-hmm. And within that, as I say, you can only have one per one street person like this, one woman, one conscious, mm-hmm. one this, one that, one that. And that's what we're in. I see. And, 
And I also do think they want to push a certain thing. I think they're trying to um, niggerize a lot of people that weren't even niggerized a minute ago. Right. <laughs> That's a great way to put what I feel is uh, happening quite a lot here as well. Now, do you do you think that what we just spoke about, do you think that plays a role in, for instance, artists from the U.S. Uh, tend to be able to, you know, gain some some popularity and get a foothold when they come and play their music or, you know, get their music in the right hands in, in the UK. Do you think that has, that plays some, uh, a role in it or, or what do you think is the, the largest driving factor for artists here to be able to get a better foothold there? Money and numbers. Those are the, and the numbers in money. Mm-hmm. The two, the even, uh, even young youngsters, Youngers that never, you know, they're not really, you know, when you're young, you don't do your research. You just come out, you make music. You get young artists right now, they don't know people are not bothered. But they do know Jay-Z, do know Nas, they do know Kanye. And the reason they know them is because they're big. You understand? So it's not because they're necessarily the best or the most poetic or anything like that, it's because they're big. It's because they're pushed mm-hmm. by big labels and that's why they know them. So when an artist comes over here from the US, it's it's that I've already heard. I'd, I'd say probably J. Cole is probably the biggest smaller artist that will get a crowd here. Okay. If you, if you get um, anything smaller than that, you're talking a small crowd. If 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 I speak to young, uh, if I, if you brought over Sarak and Narubi Sela, mm-hmm. artists mm-hmm. like that, you're talking a small room with, you know, hundred people in at most. Mm-hmm. I see. I understand. Where, yeah. Whereas so if you bring Drake own. over, you know, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> You know, people will pay. I I know you guys do that. People will pay to have uh, to be in the same club as Nicki Minaj or Drake. They will pay fifteen, twenty, twenty pounds. So that's like twenty five, thirty dollars just to be in the same club. Right. But then, but then they won't pay four pounds to come and see. A quote unquote conscious do a whole right. show, you know. So this is a that's so it's it's a mountain to climb across the waters as well, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But, but you could make it work. You could make it work just by being from the US. Mm-hmm. People you speak it. Oh, from America. You know, my auntie. <laughs> so there's just like this allure of, you know, being in the presence of someone who's not from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That still works. Worked in World War Two for the GIs, man. <laughs> chocolate, well, a little bit of chocolate and pantyhose and 
and everything. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me a little bit about um, Voodoo Star Child. I've only heard a couple of of cuts, which we're of course playing on the the show today. Um, Animal and also Warrior. And um, one of the things that I'm loving about the music, it's very uh, even though you have, um, you know, again, substance, substantive things to say, I love, love, love the production as well. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've seen is that I've seen a lot of, you know, conscious, if you will, artists um, starting to do is to make sure that the production is something that will catch the person who is not necessarily first going to to listen to the lyrics. So is that is that a theme that is is um, uh, consistent throughout the project? Is it you know something that you were very mindful of doing, or did it just kind of happen that way? It's a little bit of both. I'm mindful of what moves the mind, what moves the feet, and, and um, it just happened that way because, like most people, I like a good beat. I like to dance every now and then. If you give me enough rum, I will dance. If you give me more rum, I will dance even better. And um, we we have been doing this for a while, like New Flesh, for those who know New Flesh, New Flesh for Old, Gamma, which are various different projects and artists that I've worked with before. We, we kept it up-tempo. A lot of what the music is now, we were already doing, but with different lyrics. You know, it was just that we weren't talking about trap houses and being in the bando and shutting this and shutting that, you know, we were, we had different concepts and content, but our beats were already up tempo. I, I played one of our albums from um, 2000, no, from 99 to somebody the other day. And he was like, yo, this is, this is fresh now, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely way ahead of your time um, for sure when it comes to lyrics and production, in my opinion. Now, tell me tell me a little bit about the book, Afro Futures and Astro Black Travel, A Passport to a Melanated Future. I love the title, first of all. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. And once again, thank you for the support, man, because we've been talking for a while, and, and I respect that. Yes. Um, well, what it was is, um, again, as I say, want to be an Afrofuturist. <laughs> but but when, when you realize that you've been making music that's 20 years too early, you kind of like, hey. <laughs> so, shit. I need, a, I need some dilithium crystals, man. To, to... <laughs> so, so um, mm-hmm, go ahead. As, as I was putting on a, a festival this year, I curated a festival called uh, Afroflux, mm-hmm. which was part of a wider festival, uh, a hip-hop festival, B-Side. And because I knew that there wasn't that many people totally au fait with the concept mm-hmm. um, as I was putting the festival on, uh, so I decided to write the book as a, as an advertisement for that. Mm-hmm. And then it, obviously it took on its own wings, it took on its own legs. And, and, and took flight into something else, into a bigger concept. I love it. Is it a bit of a, a guide for the Afro-futuristic novice? <laughs> it kind of is, you know. It's kind of like... <laughs> it kind of is, right? Like, 
that's why I called it a passport, as in uh, this isn't the be all and end all, isn't the first, it isn't the last. It's a guide. It's it's a it's an allowance for that little black kid, that little brown kid, that little mixed race kid, dual triple heritage kid, trilingual, felt different, reading comics, get you know people taking the the, the piss out of you. <laughs> I know you love that. <laughs> uh, um, and um, it's it's a it's something for them to feel. You're not alone, basically. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wish I wrote it for me. I like I feel like I wrote it for me when I was younger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get me, sir. The the film Arrival. That's out right now. That's my shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What do you think? Um, it, one of the things I want to ask you about, how do you feel to kind of get off a topic a little bit, but I have to ask you since I have you, um, how do you feel about this uh, debacle, this this mess that's going on uh, in regards to the election of uh, the orange one? How do you feel about that? What's, and what's what's the climate over there in response to that? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of scared folks, you know, like worried, scared, confused, concerned people out here. But for me, I'm like, that's what America was set up and built upon. Yeah. Privileged white male, orange people <laughs> who shit taking control that that's that's what it was set up that's that's manifest destiny right there yeah yeah um, so uh, i'm not saying it's not worrying in the sense of how policy will change foreign and domestic but the situation it's already set up like chicago is obama's um political alma mater right mm-hmm how much was he able to speak on or change the amount of shootings and poverty within that city? Right, very little. Very little. He had to distance himself from people. Um, the the, the what's his name? Uh, the Reverend and Father Flieger and all the Flieger and all them people. He had to distance himself from them because they're connected to people like Farrakhan. Yeah. So a black man who's not able to be fully black, you know, and he's from that city and he, he's not even able to show it. So this situation is already, already set up like that. And, I've, you know, I feel bad, like, wow. But the, the two-party system thing that is running so much of the world is is got to be ended, not by... Um, not even by lobbying, but by people really opting out. Yeah, because it's it's over here as well. Like the the the, the Green Party, Bernie Sanders, these people had no chance. And then you've got the opposite is Hillary Clinton, who's a, a warmongering, lying. Yes. Whatever you want to call her, you know. Yeah. So she ain't far better. 
True. Yeah, we were screwed. Any either either way it went, but we're extra screwed. I think with this one. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a faster ride. Less yeah. lube, less lubrication. <laughs> a faster riding and still no lube. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it does. It totally feels like that, though. Pretty crazy. <laughs> well, first of all, Juceline, thank you so very much for, uh, first of all, for being patient with our technical difficulties, but definitely for joining us. Tell everyone, um, if you will, how they can, first of all, check out Voodoo Star Child and also how they can purchase and read. Um, Afro Futures and Astro Black Travel, a passport to a melanated future. Right. Um, the album Voodoo Star Child is out now on a Gamma Performer, all one word, gammaperformer.com. Um, the label is a great label, pushes out stuff by people like Divine Styler and um, Salah Deflan and various different people. Uh, on on my album, on that album, there's guests like uh, Blackitude, Micah Nine from Freestyle Fellowship, um, H Prism from Antipop Consortium, got beats from people like Roots Maneuver, Mike Ladd, and um, that's that's available right now on download and vinyl. And we've got an extra special vinyl for the people that that um, go that that little bit further with. Um, extra art deck of uh, cards and there's, there's some special special goodies in the extra deluxe package and the book Afro Futures and Astro Black Travel is available from Amazon Amazon.co UK Amazon.com um, please let me know what you think of the book please give a, a review for those who have bought it I've had some great testimonials and I have one brother actually divining from the book. He opens the book at random pages and just speaks to me and throws me <laughs> off. I love and he's that. Like, you know, he just opens a page up like, consider these movements like the ones before, only with less of hyper-masculine decoctory that can make safe spaces unsafe for some female. <laughs> that was me doing it. <laughs> page 19. So, uh, but yeah, Amazon... And a gamma performer, and I'm on everything. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And I apologize. Something happened to my phone, and I missed the last couple moments of what you just said. But you just told everybody how they can find you, right? Yeah. Yes, I'm everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you once again, Juice. I'm going to ask you to hold the line for me, please. And uh, we're going to take a, we're going to take a quick break and listen to a bit more music. And when we come back, we'll have uh, the VP of Swisher House, Mike Clark, on the line with us. So y'all, um, you know, so locked and loaded, make sure to just Google Juice Aline and get all things Juice Aline. You will not be disappointed whatsoever. You will be um, uh, delightfully uh, surprised. Or maybe not surprised, but 
<laughs> fulfilled is a better word. So anyway, we're going to take us a quick break. This is your girl Mocha Soulfly, and you are still locked and loaded on the Midweek Mashup. We can't hop no more, make the feel. Come around the mountain, made a more hill. Oh, we a warrior, I demand bill. Shake, shake it up now, hold the weight. Gotta concentrate, man. I wish I had to miss you, James, and down at the side box. You're now too good. Yeah, we catch. What's up, world? This is your girl, Mocha Soulfly. You're still tuned in to the Midweek Mashup. And we have our uh, our regular guest, Satori Ananda, on the line today. How you doing, sis? Hey, hello. Good Wednesday to everybody. Yes, indeed. And now you have had a, I'm sure, a whirlwind of a uh, a weekend. Uh, well, all last weekend, probably going mm-hmm. into this week too, wrapping things up. But you were you you were a busy, busy bee out there at the A3C Festival in Atlanta. So I would love to hear some of the the highlights for you personally. You know, as a as a uh, a fan of of music, and then also as a professional because you were part of several different industry panels out there this year. Correct, correct. Um, This is, I believe, my sixth year as part of um, A3C's Hip Hop and Conference. Um, If you don't know what A3C is, it stands for All Three Coast, East, West, and Dirty, no, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and um, uh, basically what it is, it's, it's, it's a conference for hip hop. It is um, very different from South by for those of you who've been South by, but um, what it is is during the day, it's classroom information. You can choose conferences based on if you're a woman in hip hop and want to know things, streaming classes, social media classes, classes on YouTube, monetization, or even um, just opportunities to sit in and listen to interviews of, you know, A and R's like Dante Ross or hip hop. Um, you know, people like that. So it's an amazing um, learning experience for one. Then, of course, a networking experience. And then at night, it turns into the festival, and yes. you see acts from people you've never known all the way to legends. So it's just an amazing experience. It's uh, five days long usually, but then there's and then there's also little side things that happen that either you can be um, invited to separately from the event, you know, people taking advantage of people being down there, basically. Right. So it was great. Um, uh, This was my very first year that I did not go to a single show. Wow. (laughs) I did not go to any hip-hop shows. First of all, we we chose... um, not to uh, have any of our artists perform this year just based on their schedules mm-hmm. and they already had prior commits so we didn't have a stage which was different um so i didn't have any obligations work-wise to go to any shows so i spent my nights um going to private events and also um just networking with people peers and stuff like that so it was different uh, <laughs> i kind of regret it a yeah. little bit, but at the same time, um, you know, I was still working, so that's cool. Uh, right. I also, as you mentioned, participated in some panels. I uh, had my own, my whole own class, which was called Social Media Jedi class, yeah. and it was geared towards um, music producers, mm-hmm. but it was attended by, you know, pretty much 
uh, everybody. Nice. <laughs> it was packed. Yeah, and that was great. And I really got uh, enjoyed the opportunity of getting to talk to indie artists mm-hmm. and managers about social media strategy. And then I moderated and participated on a panel called No More outside where I'm at. Sorry, you guys. And um, basically that was, you know, encouraging artists to start thinking, you know, solely digital when it comes to their marketing and their distribution. So that room, um, not only was it (laughs) completely packed, there were people sitting Indian style around the entire floor, people standing against the wall, and then people not being able to get in the door so that's good that's good yeah Yeah, it was interesting because people came to the class knowing what it said and then you know kind of wanted to argue about (laughs) the facts of that and I'm just like okay don't I don't care like you can take professional advice based on you know the mathematics of things and the technology of things Mm-hmm. Or you can just keep doing things the old way and be a late responder, and you can lose. Boom. So it's just one of those things. Um, then besides that, the most exciting thing for me was being recognized and honored as uh, one of the women uh, for the award Beauty Behind the Beats. Mm-hmm. And that was a really big deal for me, and uh, I was, Much it was super well deserved. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, that was very cool. That was, and I think um, besides that, my favorite thing that I attended was the private event recognizing CeeLo Green and Killa Mike mm-hmm. for their contributions to the Atlanta uh, culture as, and also for Atlanta social justice movement. And hearing them give their speeches, especially Killa Mike, it was it was absolutely uh, motivational, inspirational, and he was as amazing as anyone probably imagines that he is. <laughs> so that cool. was cool. But yeah, at A3C, if you haven't been, if you are an artist, a manager, if you are a singer, a writer, a producer, a DJ, make it your business to go next year. And I don't even work for them. They didn't pay me for that. So... Um, <laughs> No, it's great. And you can also, um, you know, curate your own stages and everything. So go check out the site. It'll explain more to you. And um, so, yes, thank you for letting me talk about that a little bit. It was it was awesome. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to go. Maybe it'll next year will be my year. Well, I'll, I'll just claim yes. it. Next, next year will be my year, and I'll Next year is your year. Things. Yes. There's a couple <laughs> of things that you would benefit from um, as a podcast and radio show host, you know, as a media, number mm-hmm. one. Number two, as, um, uh, uh, you know, as an artist yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, you know. And then also as, you know, a social media strategist. You know, just there's so many ways that you could benefit from being there. I would definitely recommend it. Absolutely. And um, also last week, uh, Jean Grey was uh, super busy participating in all the Marvel stuff at New York Comic Con, and she was just everywhere at Comic Con and, and just killed it. Um, so that was great for us. Um, also, our company is releasing Mickey Facts 
project. So mm-hmm. basically every week is releases, releases, releases. So yeah, I've just been really busy in general, which is a good thing because I spent the summer not so busy. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's good. Um, but I, I do have a couple of updates for social media. I do want to tell you guys that um, on um, our site, I work Inc., dot com that's e y e w e r k i n c dot com we have posted some of our classes that are available for download so one thing that we're doing based on demand is recording classes and providing the recorded class for people to purchase um, on demand and then you still get everything that you would if you attended the class in person or online but this is allows you to do it per your budget and your time and uh, also depending awesome. on, you know, what you're working on. And uh, Keisha, how did you like the class this time? It's now I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's so funny. Um, uh, Satori and I work with a, a mutual client and <laughs> and he's been cut. He has he hasn't actually cussed me. He's been really patient with me, but I had I still have yet to dive into the class and okay. I talked to him I talked to him today about it and I was like I haven't done my uh, my Pinterest class I haven't done my <laughs> my Satori content management class or any of that so I have not had a chance to dive in yet it's actually on my to-do list this afternoon and I'm looking forward to it okay so this one is a little bit different um the way it was shot was almost like I'm a, a newscaster and so mm-hmm. the information is all coming up um next to me so it's it's kind of cool I, I liked it and so i'll be definitely interested in your feedback of how you like the visuals of this class Absolutely. so if you guys um want to check out content is king or the money's in the mailbox those are two classes that are available on iworkinc.com so let's get to what's going on in the social media realm yes um right now there's not there's actually not a lot going on but twitter has um we talked about it in the past they were going to release the moments for everyone to be able to curate. It's kind of similar to Instagram stories and Snapchat, meaning that it's super small content snacks. And um, anyone can do them. In the past, it's only been able to be publishers and uh, partner creators. So if you guys go to the Internet, type in, type in how to post Twitter moments, it'll be easier for you to watch you know, a little video or read how to do it from there but it uh, puts you on a different timeline of events and make it new people interested in your products besides the people who just follow you it's super dope and i encourage everybody to check out twitter moments watch how other people are curating and then see how it would make sense for your brand get on that twitter moments you guys um also facebook is starting to put ads in groups um, so basically, by the beginning of 2017, Facebook will have completely exhausted its space on the news feed for ads. That's how many ads they're feeding us. <laughs> so now, of course, they have to be able to present them constantly in new formats for their advertiser dollars. So you're going to start, excuse me, seeing ads in groups. Wow. Also makes you realize that um, although we do have to purchase ads, you know, to be successful with our businesses on Facebook. Um, they're getting less engagement. I don't know if anybody's noticing that, but me. Hmm, <laughs> but no, they you're are not definitely the only one. Go- <laughs> they are definitely going down engagement. You spend more money, you get less results. I'm seeing it across the board, and uh, it probably is because there's so many ads that you know 
the more money you spend, I'm going to guess, or the bigger name you are, the more placement opportunity you're getting. So, you know, we're constantly having to figure out new ways to strategize on social media. Don't get comfortable with one way. Um, Additionally, something we don't really talk about a lot is the feature on this day in your Facebook uh, timeline. Every day at the top of your timeline, when you check your Facebook, it gives you memories from anything you posted on that day many years ago up to, you know, last year. I love that feature because, number one, it lets me see how I've grown as a content uh, provider mm-hmm. and what I talk about. And it also gives me things to put in my TBT. Great for renewing content, guys. Don't ignore that, um, that on this day, you know. And also gives you a, t- a chance to clean up your timeline. Something right. might come up that you don't want there anymore. And like, oh, right. this is no longer, I do not, you know, I do not mess with that person anymore. You know, whatever personal <laughs> stuff you may have. But on a professional level, it's a great way to renew content, in my opinion. So don't forget to add on this day to your strategy. Also, something that I want to give you guys just a little information about, I recommend you looking this up. Look up what is happening with Geophedia. That is G-E-O-F-E-E-D-I-A. And Geophedia is a um, a tracking app that uh, wasn't meant to be a tracking app. It was just supposed mm. to be providing geofilter information for social media. And what was happening is law enforcement started using it. And the thing is, law enforcement is required by law to, you know, subpoena your geo information from Facebook and Twitter and all that. And they won't provide it without that. But mm-hmm. they've bypassed that law as wow. they do and have went straight to this company, Geophedia, and we're tracking people, you know, um, based on that. So look it up. It's something interesting to look at. You know, it, it, I don't provide this information to um, cause any fear in people or, you know, anything like that. And also, we shouldn't have the idea that, oh, well, that's how it is. We should be informed of how social media works, use it to our benefit. But, you know, just be aware, you guys, you know, know what information you're putting out there and, you know, how it can be used for your benefit and against you. Absolutely. And that is pretty much what I have today. I love it. Well, thank you as always. And I swear, as soon as I wake up, because I'm working on like two hours right now. So as soon as I wake up from this nap, <laughs> okay, I'm hopping into some some uh, some personal and professional development and, and the content courses. I'm gonna, so I can't wait to see it based on how you described it, you know, with the new yeah, format. Yeah, it's real different. Have. It's different. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, uh, you know, up our technology as well all the time. And we listen to feedback from anybody. And also, if you guys, if there's something specific that you want to learn about in a social media class, you can ask me. Um, Keisha definitely puts in recommendations, and I build classes around that sometimes. So let me know. And uh, as always, you can find me anywhere online at Satori06. Very cool. That'll work. Y'all make sure and y'all can also just type in hashtag social work. That's S-O. Yes. C-I-A-L-W-E-R-K and uh, find some really great information. Follow Satori because she's always just dropping gems all willy-nilly sometimes. So it's a <laughs> great, great opportunity to suck up some uh, knowledge that you can use. And I thank you as always, sis, for, for hopping on with us today. Thank you.
All right, cool. All right, y'all. So y'all stay locked and loaded. You're still listening to the Midweek Mashup with your girl, Mocha Soulfly. Again, make sure you follow Satori. That's Satori06. A big shout out once again to Lala J. And we still have some more show for you this afternoon. So y'all make sure y'all stay locked and loaded. We got David Allen Dope coming up next. All right, all right, this is New Salim, and right now you're in tune to the midweek mashup. What's up, world? This is your girl, Mocha Soulfly, and you are still tuned in right now to the midweek mashup. We have a very special guest on the line. We are live with Mike. Clark. He is the VP of Marketing and Promotions for Swisher House. How are you doing this evening? Or this afternoon, rather? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited to uh, to talk to you. I had the opportunity to speak with you a little while back um, in conjunction with a, a an event that I was a part of at the time. And one of the things that um, really stuck out to me um, about you that I'm not sure that it happens so very often is that you are one of those type of people. You've been in the game for a long time, but you're very willing to, um, to share with, with the up and comers. And I just want to know, is that something that is that, do you think that is just because of, of who you are as a person or, you know, is it, you know, just one of those things that you feel as a, a vet in the game that is, is lacking. And so you step to the plate and do that. Well, I think it's because of how I was introduced. There were two gentlemen who were influential in the beginning of my career. One was Roy mm-hmm. Fortune. He started the first black music division at a major label with RCA. He actually had mm-hmm. a record store in Compton where when he opened up his record store, he had Michael Jackson, Elvis, Gladys Knight, a real heavyweight. can't imagine Elvis being in Compton for any other reason. And the other one was a retailer named George Daniels, who at the time was the most influential retailer on the East Coast. They opened up a ton of doors for me, and all they ever asked was, if you find someone who's serious about their career, don't forget what we did for you. So I try to keep that in mind that people who didn't have to help me opened up doors, and I have an obligation to do, to do the same for anyone who's really serious about their career. That's, that's amazing, um, you know, because I, I imagine, you know, that you've helped quite a lot of people, including definitely dropped some, some gems for me um, for sure. So one of the things I want to ask you about, because you go back and forth uh, fairly often from from Houston to, I mean, and of course other places as well, but when you talk about Houston and Dallas, I had the, the privilege of, um, of getting grown in Houston is what I like to call it. I, I graduated from U of H. And so, and that was in, uh, let's see, I graduated in 01. So I was there during the time where, you know, DJ Screw, you know, he was, he was still alive, rest in peace. Um, and, you know, we would hit the screw shop, you know, every Friday they would drop something and Swisher House was getting big, bigger and bigger in, re- in regards to the whole chop and screw um, type of music. And one of the things that I know, I know to be true back then and even now, it seems, is that Houston will tend to play the mainstream uh, radio in Houston. They will tend to play Houston artists. I discovered a lot of Houston artists just by being able to listen to the radio. I still, we still don't really get a lot of that in Dallas. So I'm wondering, do you think that that has an impact on the, 
the ability of Dallas or the, the, you know, the hard time Dallas has been having on becoming a one of the major music markets like a Houston or Atlanta or an L.A. or New York. Do you think that that plays a part? Absolutely. But I think that there's something the artists can do to change that. In Houston, if you can't get on the radio, you can go to Michael Watts or DJ High C or DJ Screw or OG Ron C. Most of the mm-hmm. DJs who aren't on the radio, but it means something if they play their music. Um, mm-hmm. In Atlanta, if you can't get on the radio, you can go to Drama or Scream or, or MLK or DJ King, and you can have them do a mix CD and bring it to Dallas. And even if no one's ever heard of you, they've heard of these DJs. Mm-hmm. Dallas doesn't have that DJ who has that presence. We have some really, really well-known MCs like Bebe, but we don't have that street DJ where you go get a CD done in Dallas and you could even take into Arlington or Houston. I think mm-hmm. if the artists in Dallas pick one or two DJs and they built those guys up, they wouldn't have to go to Atlanta or Houston or Miami and pay someone to co-sign their music. They would have a mm-hmm. hometown commodity that they could leverage on. The other thing that does is when you have that DJ who has enough credibility to co-sign your music, it puts pressure on radio. You can go to radio in Houston and say, well, watch this playing my music. I was on his mix CD. He just put me on the best of Texas. And OG Ron C put me on and chopped and not slop. And DJ IT put me on the CD. And it means something towards radio. Dallas doesn't have that DJ who can put pressure on radio. Therefore, it's all radio driven. And radio is about playing hip music, not necessarily new and good music. So we don't fault mm-hmm. them for doing what they're supposed to do. We just have to build up the resources to put more pressure on them to break local music. I love that. What do you, what do you, um, how do you feel about some of the music that's coming out, not just in, you know, in, in uh, the market and or in the, the Southern markets, but just in general, a lot of music coming out and I'm trying, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure exactly where I am on it. There's definitely some artists that, you know, get a lot of mainstream play, mainstream shine, that I like, there are quite a few um, of them actually, but then there's also some, and I, I guess with the popularity of uh, being an Instagram star or a YouTube star and how these youngsters tend to get and discover their music has made, you know, some of these artists very popular. And of course, like you say, mainstream then had to, had to pay attention but some of these artists, I say, like say, you know, that mush mouth where I, you know, even my child who loves the music can't tell me what the hell they're saying. Uh, do you think this is something that is that we're going to see more of going forward, or do you, or do you see a shift maybe starting to take place where we're going to have more of these, you know, the the J. Coles and some of these other people who are, you know, tackling actual subjects um, in a way that we can actually understand what the hell they're saying. <laughs> um, I see more of both. If you look at the mm-hmm. history of music, or even if you just look at the history of rap music, and you go back and uh, I was in a record store, an actual record store in Austin, and they had some old 12 inches. Barry Gordy turned, coined the term one hit wonder because he thought it was a wonder this person had one hit. We've always had we've always had people in music who make music that's not timeless. Um, Mm -hmm. I was looking through a a best of the '80s, and they had artists like the Fat Boys and stuff like that, and songs I'd never heard of. But at the time, they were big enough to be on a best of 
you know, 84 album or 85 album. So mm-hmm. I don't think this is anything new where you make an artist whose music a year from now you'll never listen to again. I mean, we had that guy who had that song, Does Your Chain Swing Low? I'm sure he had planned on a whole career, and today he's probably back in the warehouse packing boxes. You know? Right. And you've always had those artists who have timeless catalogs. You know, I would love to have the Jay-Z catalog, but there are a ton of other artists who were in the same area as Jay-Z where their catalog is worth absolutely nothing. So I think we'll continue mm-hmm. to see both. You'll, you'll continue mm-hmm. to have people who are, you know, the Snap Music, the D4Ls, the the Young Thugs, the, all of those guys who make music that's going to be around for two years. And you'll have mm-hmm. the J. Coles and people like that who make music that's going to be around forever. And you'll have the big crits and zeros who make phenomenal music, and we all wonder why they didn't become a national hit. So yeah. I think you'll have all three elements forever mm-hmm. in all genres of music. That that makes a lot of sense, and I guess like you you know even thinking back on thinking back on it, I guess it was always that way because I'm positive that you know my parents at some point was like, what is that trash you're listening to that I still love you know today? So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Absolutely, R and B, jazz they're supposed to be timeless and classical, and you're supposed to have a certain amount of talent before you can make it to the top. Rap and popular music you're supposed to be able to have some hits for people who are like, wow. He fell down and bumped his head. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh oh, you still there? Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I lost you. I'm here. Um, now let me let me ask you this because of course you know having you on the line and knowing you know how how you like to share. We generally have quite a lot of artists as well who who tune into the show. So. One of the things I want to dive into you is, uh, with you, as far as the, the music industry is concerned, one of the things that I know to be true over the years that has helped me um, to kind of to make moves or what have you is, is in networking. What are what's some of the tips that you would give to, to an artist to maybe put their, give, give them a better chance to be in the right place at the right time? And, and in that situation, what is a, a good way for them to a approach, you know, like a, a Mike Clark or someone else who is in the industry who could possibly have some type of impact on their career? Well, first, I'd say have a plan. Um, and think of your music as a business card. Say things that are believable. And here's, here's what I mean by that. If your music is your business card, you don't walk up to a businessman and he has 36 different versions of his business card and he says, pick one. He has a version that represents what he wants you to hear. So if you're, if you're fortunate enough to meet someone who you think can change your career or uh, the head of a radio station or a radio DJ, give them a song that you are confident that if they have to judge you, this would be the song you want it to be judged on. If you come up to me and you're like, I asked for your hit, you're like, well, I don't know. I believe you. I don't know either. And we can keep it moving. Um, and then do something believable. Right now, we know someone like, uh, let's say someone like Diddy or Jay-Z. They can make music. They can produce music. They can run a record label. They can be an artist. That's such a phenomenal thing that when someone tells you they can do that, you don't believe them. Start off as a rapper. Say, I'm a rapper. Once people like your rap, say, oh, by the way, I made the beat. Oh, by the way, I I shot the video. Don't give them too much at once because it sounds unbelievable. 
Now, as far as when you're actually networking, this is my yes. tip for Dallas because, unfortunately, in Dallas, we have a lot of people that claim they did a lot of things that never really happened. So mm. when you meet someone, ask them what they did. Then ask them, well, who have you successfully done that for? And then take their business card, and when they solicit you for money, say, you know what, let me go check the credits on that project, and if everything checks out, I'll get back in touch with you. Someone who's actually done it will have no problem with that. But if you tell me you work radio for a platinum album, and I say, okay, I'm going to go check the credits and see if you were the one who's credited with the radio promotion, and you start to backpedal, that's because you didn't do it. And on the business side of the music, if you did it, it's documented. It, it's there. If I tell someone <laughs> I did marketing and promotion for an album, you can go pick up a copy of that CD. You can buy it off of iTunes. And when you look at the credits, my name is right there. Yes. So Think really a lot of it goes back to research. Absolutely. But, it, I mean, it's just simple. You meet someone, you ask them what they did. You ask them who they've successfully done it for. And you tell them you're going to go check the credits on it. If all of those three things check out, the person probably is who they say they are. Mm-hmm. My secret tip makes- today, become a member of the Recording Academy. Mm-hmm. I think the ultimate goal in music is to win a Grammy. The Recording Academy puts on the, the Grammy. You can become a member for $100 a year, and then mm-hmm. you have access to everything that a Grammy-winning producer has. They have workshops. They have networking opportunities. Um, they have things in Dallas where you can go in and you can talk to the guy who produced the uh, the guy who produced the Black Album for Jay Z. Chris Gomby is here in Dallas. You can get <laughs> so, it's a really wonderful opportunity that we don't know much about. Yeah, that makes a, a whole hell of a lot of sense. It's because I, I do find um, I find ever so often, you know, depending on how how hard I have my ear to the ground, you know, there are there are these events, you know, that pop up and that happen that are industry related. And you know, I mean, I guess it's like any other business. You have to get yourself out there, network, and really get to know people and rub shoulders with people and elbows with people to know what's going on in the city? Like, is it, do you find that that's the same in some of these other markets? Is it that closed off? Is it, is a, is it a club that you have to, you know, kind of really work to get into? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the last part of the question for me? Uh, I was saying, is that a, is it, do you think it's a club that you kind of have to really work to get into? Like, is that, do you find that that's the same in other markets where, you know, some of these events will be happening. And unless you know somebody, you know, who is who is making some moves, then you have no clue what's actually happening within the city as far as where you need to be. I think it is. Um, I think joining the Recording Academy, it lets you in there because this mm-hmm. is like the premier networking event. Uh, the last mm-hmm. event I went to in Dallas with the Recording Academy, Don Nelson Jr. was there. Uh, Jerry Jones Jr. was there. They were both looking for DJs for the Cowboys and the Mavericks. Gio, the program director for 97.9, was there. And Mark, the program director for, I mean, Gio, the program director for K104, was there. And Mark, the program director for 97.9, was there. So if, if those people are in the room and I'm trying to get in the industry, I should probably be in the room also. 
The other thing yes. is everybody else in the room, they were having their own separate events, so you'll go to one and you'll learn about 12 others in the city. Mm-hmm. So, the hardest part of being mm-hmm. an artist is, for me in Dallas, it's like let's say you went to the doctor and you looked around and there were no degrees on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. And you asked him where he you you asked him where he went to school and he was like, well, you know what? I really just watched a lot of TV and I read a couple of books and I hung around hospitals and I feel confident that I could perform your surgery. Would you let him <laughs> operate? Hell no. <laughs> but you'll turn over fifteen to twenty thousand dollars to someone who's never read a book on the music industry and doesn't know how the money's made. You know, find someone who has some experience. Let them let yourself be the artist, and let them give you some guidance and consulting. And you'd be amazed. Like people, there's a guy named Ron Spalding who comes to town. He started probably six of the biggest record labels in the country. He's worked for every major. Someone can sit down and buy Ron dinner, and get some good advice. And if your music's good, he'll come up with ways that you can build your career. Most of these people understand what it was like to be a starving artist and why mm-hmm. they won't work for free. If you offer to do something for them and then take up a reasonable amount of their time, you can get some advice. You know, if you're, if you're going to take me to dinner, sure, we can talk about your music. Is it going to be a four-hour dinner? Probably not. But <laughs> is it, is it going to be, you know, an hour and a half that gives you some really, really good advice? Sure. If you want to continue that, can we come up with a way – for you to get some consulting? Sure we can. Can you pay yeah. me 50 and get unlimited access to me? Probably not. But can you get <laughs> enough access to where you can start to make some money and, and, and make it an ongoing agreement? Absolutely. You just have to be realistic about what you're asking for. And more mm-hmm. importantly, you can only spend the money you have. Yes. But, and I think yeah. the hardest thing, I think one of the major things, too, is that there's a lot of artists. Everybody is an artist these days, and these artists, they don't really like to invest in themselves. They think they can just throw up a song on SoundCloud or YouTube, and they're going to make it. <laughs> I think people are so afraid about not wanting to look bad. I remember one time we had to buy a feature from Little Wayne, and he wanted $150,000 for the feature. And we're like, yeah, we don't have that left in the budget. We have, like, mm-hmm. 29. So we called him up, and we're like, hey, can we get, get it for 29? All he could do was say yes or no. He said yes. And then later on, the artist decided he wanted a Rick Ross feature, and he had gone out and done some shows. And I think at the time, Rick wanted like 45, and he had 40. We're like, oh, yeah, this is in the bank. We called Rick. He's like, man, the price is 45. And it was like, if you don't have 45, why are you calling me? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't offend it. Was, didn't feel disrespected. His price is his price. I'm just saying you never know. If I was an artist and I wanted to get a feature from Drake, and I had $1,000, and I ran into Drake's manager, I'd ask him, can you all do a feature for $1,000? If he said no, oh, well, I didn't expect it anyway. But if I thought right. Drake on the one day he was feeling like being part of Make-A-Wish Foundation, and he said, yes, yeah. I'd win it. <laughs> right. You know, as long as, I re- as long as I approach him respectfully, you know, and Drake may say, hey, you know what, once every six months I do one feature for an unknown artist for 2500 I'm going to go stack 1500 more and get it, like, you never know. As long as you approach, approach someone mm-hmm. and you make them an honest business offer, you never know. I think a lot of artists miss out on opportunities because they're afraid to look bad. And afraid to open their mouth, period. <laughs> yeah. 
But now you can't tell me you're broken. I'm like, but you got on the new Jordans, you got on the Tribulation jeans, you bought the big T, you got on the Armani <laughs> T-shirt, but you saying you ain't got right. money to pay me? I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, tell tell me, Mike. Um, give everybody an idea of what is what's happening over there at at Swisher House these days. Um, I know uh, uh, DJ Five Thousand Watts put out a, a mixtape not too long ago, and of course, you still have um, you know some of our uh, favorites, you know Paul Wall, Lil Kiki, and I see some new artists. So, what's what's happening um, over there at Swisher House? You guys have been in the game since you know again the early '90s, and really, definitely one of the the mainstays, you know, a company that is, has, uh, you know, stayed true and, and stayed in the game. So what's what's happening over there these days? So mostly we do label consulting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, artists will go out. I mean, a label will go out and they'll find someone like Kevin Gage or Big Chris, and then they're like, no, we have talent, but we don't know how to work this out. We help labels work their artists. We help independent labels say, wait a minute, you want to be the next such and such, Here's the process you go through it, and let's make let's make a plan based upon the five thousand you have, not the twenty five thousand dollars you hope to have. So we do a lot of label consulting. Um, we do some artist management. If we find someone that we really believe in, we'll do some artist management. And then Watts also started a new series, The Best Detectives. For a while, Watts has been he has been working with groups like Corn and Green Day and. Um, Goddess Mahu, people who are big in other genres, but the average hip-hop person doesn't listen to porn. Recently, mm-hmm. he started The Best in Texas, and it's a way for independent artists to get their music out to a, a wider audience. I think we're averaging between seventy-five and 100,000 downloads in every CD. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just a way for you to submit your music, and if it's great, get it out there. Where most people fail in the submission is you're allowed to submit one song per month. Mm-hmm. Most people submit five, which makes our job really easy. Just erase all five and go to the person who follows the instructions. But it is a great way for you to get your music out there. Nice. So that's all I know. I mean, we're easy to get in touch with. If you buy an old Swish Out CD and Watts was kind enough to give out my phone number, that phone number still works. Or you can, you know, find us on the Internet, Instagram, all those places. We're always willing to talk to someone who has business, big or small. Um, like I say, you just have to have something that makes sense for both of us. I love it. I love it. I love what y'all are uh, what y'all are doing. And um, a big a big shout out to because and and I know uh, outside of Swisher House, you also do um, just the the management piece as well. So people out. out is it is it just through Swisher House that you do the management, or they can also just contact you directly in regards to probably submitting to for you to look look at them uh, for the opportunity of management? Right. So the Swisher House is like an umbrella company. Under the Swisher okay. House, we have a record label. The actual record label is called Swisher Blast, and then we have mm-hmm. Swisher House Management. We have a company that does artwork. We have I know a company that does production, and so we work with all artists like. Um, the next major CD that Michael Watts does is not going to have a Swish House artist on it. I think we're doing a project in the Midwest. So, mm-hmm. again, if you have talent and you have something that makes sense, we'd love to work with you. Nice. I, like you I love me. it. I mean, you see me, it's like me with a backpack. I don't have a ton of security. I need you to walk up and approach. You know, it's, it's not quite that. We're not saving babies. We're making records. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Very true, and I definitely um, appreciate that myself uh, about your approachability and um, again your with your willingness uh, to share to share the wisdom. It definitely means a lot to to myself um, in the in the industry, but also of course up and coming artists. So I, I you know I hope more people who have the experience that you have uh, start to to follow suit <laughs> for sure. So, yes, indeed. Any, any, uh, any advice, just let me know. If you ever need me back, give me a call. I'm around. Absolutely. Well, do do me a favor, Mike, and hold the line for me. Um, and, again, I appreciate you for, for coming on today. And uh, for all of you who are listening, make sure y'all look up uh, Mike Clark, that's C-L-A-R-K-E-V-P, is um, on Instagram. And um, also just type in Swisher House and check out all the different um, uh, options and opportunities that you have to get involved and to to further boost your music career. So we're going to take us a quick break um, and listen to some music, some Swisher House action for sure. And uh, we will be back. This is your girl Mocha Soulfly, and you're listening to the Midweek Mashup. All right, this is Mike Clark, the Switch House VP, and you are listening to the Midweek Mashup. Keep it 100. Better yet, keep it 5,000. Now hear me though. I'm born a king. I need 11 in rings. Even if I got to put All right, y'all. It's your girl, Mocha Soulfly. We appreciate y'all's patience today. This is, even though it's not grassroots salute, it is still grassroots radio, you did. So <laughs> a big shout out to the Get Global Network for doing what they do. Uh, for the midweek mashup, and uh, I greatly appreciate our guests. Y'all make sure that y'all type in, um, go Google Juice Aleem, A L E E M, Juice Aleem. He is an amazing artist. We appreciate him for coming on earlier today and chopping it up with us about music, uh, both here and in the UK, where he called from. And uh, so, y'all make sure y'all check out his latest project and also his book um, that he just wrote and follow him. Also, a big shout out to Mike Clark for joining us today. He's the VP of Marketing and Promotions for Switcher House and definitely dropped some gems for us today. So if you didn't catch the show, the replay will be up at 5 o'clock today on So Metro Radio. And you'll also be able to just search um, for your, for the podcast. Uh, you can do iTunes or you can also do iHeartRadio. Just type in Midweek Mashup and catch the latest show. So. It'll be up uh, pretty soon, and uh, yeah, it was a heck of a show. I appreciate both of our guests um, for joining us today. Real quickly, I did want to uh, reiterate and bring your attention to on December the 25th, uh, Royal Hemp presents Eric Shepard. Uh, he is an activist. Um, uh, he's a, a young man who's doing really great things within the community uh, to press forward regarding black the black community in general and black economics um, in particular as well, uh, and also uh, social justice for the black community. So he will be live on December 25th in Dallas. Um, doors open. This is actually going to happen at the Acts of Change, which is at 5700 South Lancaster Road, Suite 16. Uh, just look up the Acts of Change and you can find uh, the address. Doors open at 7. The lecture is going to begin at 8 p.m. This is also a uh, supported by Sankofa Global. Um, also there uh, speaking will be Baba Amin. He's the founder of the Yuhuru Academy. Um, 
and we'll be honoring 50 years of Kwanzaa. So he will be there as well. So it's going to be a really, really awesome uh, presentation and excellent opportunity to network um, with other activists um, and uh, proponents of uh, social uh, justice and uh, uh, social progress uh, and economic process for the black community. So that's going down. Um, and don't forget, uh, leading up to that event this Friday uh, is the uh, screening of um, Hidden Colors 4. And there will be some tickets available for the Eric Shepard event um, at this event on Friday, the 16th. So that's happening at 8 p.m. at Sankofa Kitchen, uh, located at 3333 West Camp Wisdom Suite 118. It's right across from uh, Southwest Center Mall. So y'all make sure y'all check that out. Uh, you must RSVP, and uh, when you do, you will uh, be able to get the free food. Um, and also there will be a discussion after the viewing of the, the movie. Uh, Hidden Colors for the documentary. So y'all make sure y'all are there this Friday as well. It's going to be a really great opportunity uh, to get some information and to to enrich your life. Also, once again, I do want to point out, if you follow us, we also go Facebook Live with this show, which is uh, really awesome. Another shout out to Get Global Network for being fast forward on the technology. So we also go Facebook Live, and that gives us the ability not only to talk about your products or services. If you have a commercial, we want that. Um, Our prices are extremely reasonable to get in front of our audience. We have over 300,000 people on Twitter, our Twitter accounts alone, um, among just about five or six accounts that we tend to push ads out over. Um, So that's just uh, Twitter. We have a fairly large network in addition to email lists. So we have several different ways to get your information out there, including via Facebook Live. We are able to show your ads, uh, your videos, et cetera, through that platform. So, again, really, really great ways to get your business in front of lots of eyeballs, um, and uh, we would love to be able to provide that service for you. So if you are interested in advertising with us through the Midweek Mashup or the Get Global Network in general, one of the ways you can do that is by contacting me at mw, like midweek, mwmashup at gmail.com. Also, I always forget to mention my own business. I, um, among all the different things that I do, my company is called busybuilder.com. That's B-I-Z-Y builder.com. We do social media marketing and management for small businesses. I have some specials uh, that will last uh, up until the end of this year uh, for social media management. There are over 1.7 billion people um, uh, as poor Persatori's amazing research that she does. 1.7 billion people, active users on Facebook, y'all. You do not want to be the person whose Facebook page never moves. If the last time you posted was six months ago, you know, six weeks ago, even six days ago, you are possibly missing out on, a, on an opportunity because people do go to your Facebook page to see if you're active, if you are uh, in business, what type of business you do, if you have reviews, things of that nature. So uh, everything is all about web, word of mouth, and I would love to be able to help you to keep that page moving. So we have some really great specials to do just that. The pricing and the packaging will only last throughout the year, the end of this year. So if you want more information, you can call 682 682- Nine 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 eight three four zero. That's six eight two nine 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 
888-888-8340. Or you can also, uh, you can also email me at khunter at busybuilder.com for those packages. That's khunter at bizybuilder.com. So again, we appreciate your time. Uh, your energy that you've given us through the waves. (laughs) We know you're there. We can feel you. Um, We appreciate everything that you do, and we hope that you tune in every week. We may do a replay next week just because it's the holidays, and, hell, we need a break, too. So uh, you may catch one of our our best shows, maybe David Banner or uh, one of the other guests that we've had in the past that have been very dynamic speakers um, and shared greatly. So, uh, we appreciate you once again for tuning in. We love you. We'll be back soon. Uh, by the way, almost forgot, on January the 13th at Club Dada, the DDFW Master of the Mic is going down, and we will definitely be in the building live streaming. That will be through our Grassroots Salute platform for the Roots in the Street. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the DDFW Master of the Mic, this is the second year that this competition has been held. Last year, we live broadcast it as well. It was an amazing event. A uh, very dynamic um, uh, hip-hop artist. Uh, Alcides Carcion was the winner last year, and she will actually be the host this year. Uh, for the judges, they are bringing back the DOC. Very, very cool. Um, also, this time, picnic time. He is a uh, producer for Erica Badu and also for some uh, TV shows. I cannot remember the name of it. I'll have to get that information for you all. But you can go to DDFW Master of the Mic to learn all about the um, uh, the judges. And also, the third judge, really awesome, Scarface. Yes. So you got the DOC, Scarface, and Picnic Time will be your judges this year. The lineup, uh, the six finalists, I believe it's six of them, yes. Um, all of them very, very um, dope lyricists. So I can't wait to see this competition. Uh, it's going to be tough for the judges to decide. A big shout-out to Callie D, the hip-hop promoting soccer mom. <laughs> she's a, she's an amazing force uh, within the, the Dallas-Fort Worth and beyond music community, so a big shout-out to her. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all the announcements I have. Y'all make sure y'all follow me, Mocha Soulfly, M-O-K-A-H-S-O-U-L-F-L-Y. And um, we will be back with you all soon. We love you. Peace. Uh, you've been listening to the Midweek Mashup. From my Buddha to my Tudor, probably breathing, waking Buddha. Just off the mantra, I'm um, about to keep my mind calm. I stay trans, stay trip, my hips, the wheels keep a flipping. Pitch my inner child with some ego, far skipping. Those who know, they don't speak. Those who speak, they don't know. I need for so many words when your actions are found in shows surrounded by souls. You have been listening to the Get Global Network podcast of Midweek Mashup, hosted by Mocha Soulfly. You can hear the show live on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on SoMetro Radio, one of the original member stations of the Git Global Network. Listen to the show on the go or hear replays of previous shows by installing the Git Global Network apps like SoMetro Magazine and Grassroots Salute for your cell phone. The apps are available for download on both Google Play and iTunes app store. Take the time to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the Spreaker Podcast Network. 
take the time to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the Spreaker Podcast Network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.